In this week's Sedra, in the end of the Sedra, we have a, in this week's Sedra, we have Bullock getting Bilam to curse the Jewish people. Bilam tries three times to curse them. He can't curse them. He gives them a blessing instead. And he says, what well, I can give you advice is to try to get the Jewish people to sin. In the end of the Sedra, Bilam gets the, Bilam and Bullock, Bilam especially gets the Midian and Maya girls to attract the Jewish boys to sin. And this causes a big plague and causes many problems. And 24,000 Jews die in a plague. And at the very end of the Sedra, we have Pinchas uh, getting up and killing Zimri ben Solo and Cosby Basur. And at that time, the plague stops. That's the end of the story. Next week, we read Parshas Pinchas, how Pinchas stopped the plague. And Pinchas becomes a Kayan in this merit. Actually, we're doing it this week rather than next week, because next week is already in the three weeks when we're going to have a three-week series on stories of the Mishkan and Beis HaMikdash. Okay, oh. now, uh, just as an introduction, one of my favorite midrashim on the idea of Pinchas versus Zimri. And there's a medrash that's... Now, we know today that Pinchas is the tzaddik and Zimri ben Solo was a wicked guy. But at that time, by the Jewish people, it was very unclear. Many Jewish people thought that Zimri was the good guy and Pinchas was the wicked guy. And over here, there's an amazing medrash which the Rebbe's quoted and explained that Omar lo Yanai Malkon Debisu Yanai Hamelech, who was one of the Hashmonaim kings, he wasn't very religious. He sided with the Tzedukim, who denied the oral Torah. His wife, Shlemus Alexandra, was more religious. And King Yanai says to his wife, Don't be afraid of the Prushim. The Prushim were the Frum Jews, because even though I wasn't Frum, I went against Taita. The Prushim are good people. They won't hurt us. Don't be afraid of Misha'enum Prushim, those who are Tzedukim, who deny the oral Taita, because they're my buddies. The most dangerous people are Minhatsvuim. The tzvuin, people who are colored, who are phony, who are pretenders. Hadoimin leprushim, they pretend to be prushim. They pretend to be very religious. There are those who pretend to be religious. Ve'enom prushim, but they're not really religious. And these phonies who pretend to be religious and are not really religious are very dangerous people. Shema'asehem kezimri, their actions are like zimri. Zimri actually caused a terrible sin and a terrible plague. However, Zimri claimed that he was there to save his Shevet. The people of Shevet Shimon came to Zimri and they complained that we're being judged and you're just standing there. And Zimri brought this Minyani girl and asked Meshach Rabbeinu, am I allowed to marry her or not? And if I'm not allowed to marry her, who gave you permission to marry Tzipayda? So the way it seemed was Zimri was defending the people of Shimon. So the way most people, I'm just going to have to mute everybody because there's noise in the background. So the way it seemed, you can only unmute yourself if you have an important question. So the way it seemed to most of the people was that Zimri was trying to protect his shevet. And Pinchas, who went and killed Zimri and Cosby, Pinchas was the rotten guy. So that's why the Medrash says that you have these tzvuim, these phonies, Shema Sehem ki Zimri, their actions are like Zimri, and they ask for reward like Pinchas gets the reward. 
which generally, whenever we speak of a tzavua, a phony, a pretender, we always give the example of Zimri, that Zimri was a person who pretended that he was out to save his tribe, and actually he caused tremendous destruction to his shevet and to the Jewish people in general. However, the Jewish people, you know, today that we have the Torah, we know that Pinchas is an amazing person, Pinchas Eliyo, Hashem gave him the Nisham of Eliyo, the Nisham of Amalach. Actually, there's an amazing Sicha that everywhere that ever quotes from Zayar, that it doesn't say, he says, Pinchas Ze Eliyahu. It should have said, Eliyahu Ze Pinchas, because Pinchas was first. And the Rebbe explains from the Zayar that actually Eliyahu was first a Malach. And then Pinchas, because of his amazing deed, merited the Nishama of this Malach. And the Rebbe gives a Hayroah here that we see that if you stand up and do the right thing, you can merit a tremendous Nishama as Pinchas merited. Anyway, but Pinchas at that time was a very controversial fellow. Most of the Yidin were looking down at Pinchas. And we're going to see in the next Medrash, which was from Psikta de Ravkana, Omar Abshmuel Bar Nachman, Arboahein Sheboin Mi Mishpacha Nechuya. There were four Jewish leaders who came from not such good families. And the Jewish people looked down at these four people and they said, You're telling us what to do. You come from such a rubbish family. The Elohain, and these are the people who came from the bad families. They were Pinchas and Uriah HaKoyin, and Yecheskel, and Yirmiyahu. And each one of these people, the Jewish people look down on, and Hashem speaks good at how much he likes each of these people. Pinchas HaTamaytzei B'Shah Shabal L'Yachis Es Yisrael. When Pinchas is involved in the counting of the Jewish people, and he goes on the lineage of every family, and he says, okay, who's your father? Who's your grandfather? And the Jewish people were saying, what? You're asking for our father and grandfather? Who's your father and grandfather? Doesn't it say, Your father, Elazar, married a daughter of Putio, who Putio comes from Yosef and from Yisrael. That he was stuffing calves for the Avedizara. So your grandfather, Yisrael, was a cruel person. He stuffed calves for the idol. He was an evil person. And you're going to deal with lineage. Look at your lineage. Hashem saw that people are disgracing Pinchas because of his lineage from his Zaydi Yisrael. Hashem starts going on Pinchas' lineage. As it says, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akayin. Hashem says he's Pinchas, the son of Elazar, son of Aaron Akayin. Koyin bar Koyin, a Koyin, the son of a Koyin, Kanoi bar Kanoi, a zealous person, the son of a zealous person. Meanwhile, we're just going to continue on this medrash before we get back to Pinchas. The three other people that the Jewish people were disgracing because of their lineage. There was Uriah Hakoyin, who was a prophet rebuking the Jewish people. They were disgracing him. And they were saying, huh, this Uriah Hakoyin, you know his lineage? Yeah, he's a Kayin. It's true his father's a Kayin. But from his ancestry, he's got some Givaini ancestry. And the Givainim were a group of Kananim who came and tricked Yeshua. And with a trick, they converted and they joined the Jewish people. And uh, later, there was problems from these Givainim. And this Uriah, you come from some Givaini lineage. Hey, you're, yeah, you're a Kayin. Your father's a Kayin. Your father's a Kayin. But you have rotten lineage. 
and they were and you're rebuking Jewish people and they were saying as it says there was a person giving prophecy in the name of Hashem from and it says these are from the cities of the Givainim the cities of the Givainim were Givainim so he came from he was from a city of Givainim and because people were talking against his lineage in fact this Uriah HaKoyin, they actually killed him because how dare you rebuke us. And that's why the Torah, Hashem has to speak about his positive lineage. As he says, I have trustworthy witnesses. Then there's two other very famous Nevi'im who the Jewish people were speaking against. Yecheskel. And we're speaking negatively on Yecheskel. And they were saying, Yecheskel, you're coming as a Novi rebuking Jewish people. Your great grandmother was Rachav Hazaina. Rachav, who we discussed a few weeks ago, who uh, hid the spies, but she was a Zaina. She was a prostitute for 40 years. Yes, she converted, she did Shuvah, but she had 40 years as a lowlife. And you, Yecheskel, you're a descendant of hers, and you're coming as a prophet to rebuke the Jewish people. That's why That's why the Torah speaks about his yichas. Hashem spoke to Yecheskel, the son of Buzi. Now, Buzi is not actually his father's name, but Buzi is insulted that they were insulting his lineage. And Hashem says, Yecheskel is my top prophet. The other prophet who they were insulting was Yermiyoh. They were insulting him. And they were saying, aren't you a descendant of Rachav Hazayinu, was a prostitute? She, yes, we spoke the other week that she did shuva. She did the highest level of shuva. Before her giyor, she already became a prophetess. She became a neviyah. But nevertheless, the Jewish people, people always find failings in others. So the Jewish people were negating Yermiyoho and Yecheskel. And they were saying, you guys come from Rachav Hazayinu. Again, now, going back to the story of Pinchas itself. Pinchas goes when Zimri brings this uh, Midianite girl, Kozvi Basur, and Pinchas asks, Meishe Rabbeinu, isn't the din that if somebody is living with a non-Jewish woman, then he kanoim peigenboy, you're allowed to kill him. And Meishe Rabbeinu tells him, and we'll soon see in the Gemara, that uh, the one who reads the letter, he should carry it out. And Pinchas himself goes and kills Zimri and Kozvi. If somebody asks Allah a question, there's a Jew about to live with a non-Jewish woman, and the din is you're allowed to kill him. Should I kill him? We won't tell him to kill him. It's only if he does it, that's the Allah, but he, we wouldn't advise it. The one who consults with the Bezdin, should he do it? They will not advise him to do it. Rashi says, um, there's a Kanoi who comes to consult with the Bezdin. They won't tell him to do it. This halacha of killing someone who's about to live with a non-Jewish woman is only to someone who is a Mekani. Only if he doesn't consult, but if he consults, we'll tell him not to do it. Then the Gemara goes on. This is the Gemara in Sanhedrin. That not only wouldn't we advise him to do it, 
what Pinchas did was highly dangerous because Pinchas only was halachically allowed to kill Zimri and Cosby if he caught them in the act. If it was a second after the act, he wouldn't be allowed to kill them. If Zimri would separate from Cosby, and then Pinchas would kill him, he would get a death penalty. So therefore, Pinchas, by killing Zimri, risked his life. Furthermore, if Zimri, being attacked, would go and kill Pinchas, would Zimri be considered a murderer? No, he'd be considered self-defense. He wouldn't be killed for it because somebody who's out to kill you, you're allowed to kill. So Pinchas was risking his life. First of all, if Zimri would stop the act and go get a, aid him to warn Pinchas, he'd be killed in a bezin. Second is, if Zimri himself would go as a goyal adam and kill Pinchas, he'd be justified. So what Pinchas did was very dangerous. As Rashi just, just a sec, just a sec. Yes. Just a few verses further back, Hashem made an order that they all kill, that they kill, kill these people. No, one second. That was only Hanitzmodim Leval Pe'er, those who actually had a served idol, not just for being with the non-Jewish woman. If you look in the Chumash, if you look in the Chumash, if I can just get a Chumash, and it says, I'll just read you from the parsha. It says, um, Kill the people who bowed down to Baal Pa'ir. So the death sentence was not for the living with the Midyani girl. The death sentence was only for idolatry. So Zimri didn't, didn't do, the do idolatry? Any, yes. Zimri did not do any idolatry? No, no. Zimri only lived with a Midiani girl, which was would not have had a death sentence a second later. But the only reason he got a death sentence because he was literally caught in the act. Why However, if Zimri would have turned around and killed Pinchas, he would have been allowed to. Why was why was that Midianite girl different? I understand she was a senior person, but she was like all the rest. Wouldn't she be expected to also bow down to Balpoer like the rest of the people did? No, she was interested in getting, because Zimri was going to make a public thing, and he going bringing her to Moshe Rabbeinu, a major challenge, and she decided this Cosby Basur was a quite an evil girl, a girl who was very determined to get Jewish people to sin. Actually, initially, when Zimri asked her, he said no. She said no, because she said that my father told me her father was a king, that I'm supposed to get him again, Moshe Rabbeinu himself. And Zimri says that I'm the equivalent of Moshe Rabbeinu because Moshe is the head of Shevet Levi and I'm the head of Shevet Shimon. And Shimon is even older than Levi. And Zimri convinced her that if you get me, it's just the best catch you can get in the Jewish people. So therefore she was ready to do it even without Avedazara, just because it'll generally cause Jews to sin. But the fact is Hashem greatly rewarded him. So Hashem- Rewarded Pinchas. Hashem knows what he's doing. One second. There's no question that Hashem rewarded Pinchas. There's no question that Pinchas becomes Eliyahu Novi and Pinchas becomes a Kayan. Uh, Pinchas gets the greatest reward. There is no question Hashem, Vayedaber Hashem Omeisha Lamer, Pinchas ben Elozer ben Aaron Akayin, Heishaves Hamasi and Lochin in the Nesalis Brisi Sholim. Yes, Hashem gave Pinchas the greatest reward. 
and Hashem clearly states that Zimri was terrible and Pinchas was wonderful. But at the time, it wasn't clear. The Jewish people were not convinced. Hashem was convinced, Moshe was convinced, but most of the Jews weren't convinced on who's right and who's wrong. And in fact, halachically, Pinchas is risking his life when he does this. Because if Zimri would separate and then get two people to warn Pinchas, Pinchas can get a death penalty for this. Even if Zimri doesn't separate, if Zimri goes and kills Pinchas in self-defense, he has every right. So Pinchas risked his life when he did this. We're not suggesting that Pinchas was wrong. Pinchas was right. Pinchas merited to get, according to the Zayar, that Pinchas Zeh he merited the Neshama of Eliyahu Hanavi because of this act. Certainly, Pinchas merits to become a Kayin. And later, Pinchas merits to become a Kayin Godel. And he merits to become the Mashuach Muhammad. And he merits to live hundreds of years. And yeah, there's no question that Pinchas and I very, the amount of achievements that Pinchas did are unbelievable. But at the time, it wasn't clear. Okay, let's move ahead. We have now, um, it says, this is still from the Gemara in Sanhedrin. Moshe says to the Shaftim, there were judges of the Jewish people, and they were killing those Jewish people with warnings who had served the idol, not for the living with the non-Jewish woman. The tribe of Shimon went to their prince, to Zimri ben Salu. They said to Zimri ben Salu, They are judging us. They are killing us. And you're quiet? So Zimri ben Salu decides now he is going to go and defend his boys. So that's why the people saw Zimri ben Salu as a good guy. Also, what did he do to Zimri ben Salu? He gathered 24,000 Jews. He came with a big protest. Today is a big day. Today, in recent years, we have all these public demonstrations. So he made a public demonstration, anti Meshur Rabbeinu, and he gathered 24,000 Jewish people. He went to Cosby, who was a princess of Midian. Omar Law, he said to her, he me I want you to listen to me, to have relations with me. But again, this was not just going to be a private relations. This was going to be a public relation, public announcement in front of 24,000 people that Zimri and Cosby are going to have a relationship now. She says to him, I can't have a relation with a little guy like you. Bas Melechani, I am the daughter of the king of Midian. Vikain Siva Li Ovi. My father commanded me, yes, you should commit adultery because the kings of Midian, every Midianite father was ready to have his daughter commit adultery to get Jews to sin. But a princess, you should only get the greatest. I'm going only for Meshach Rabbeinu. Omar law, Suzimri tells Cosby, what do you think Meshach Rabbeinu is? He is the head of a shevet, the head of the tribe of Levi. And I'm the head of the tribe of Shimon, the Loyoid. I'm bigger than Meshach Rabbeinu, because Meshach Rabbeinu is the head of Levi, who's the third tribe. I am the head of Shimon, who's the second tribe, Reuben, Shimon, Levi. Shimon is older than Levi. Shimon was the second one born. 
And Levi was the tough. He grabbed her by her bluteus, which is her long hair. And he brought her to Moshe. And he's publicly holding the hair of this girl. And he asks him, Amar Lai, Ben Amram, I have a shaila. I came to ask Allah a question. He comes to Moshe Rabbeinu holding the hair of this girl. And he says, Moshe Rabbeinu, I got a question for you. Allah. Ben Amram, son of Amram. That's how he calls him, not in the most respectful way. Zu Asura Oimuteres. Am I allowed to have a relation with this girl or not? Am I allowed to marry her to have a relation and or if or not? And if you say I'm not allowed, you're a double standard. Bas Yisrael Mihi Tiralah. Who gave you permission to marry Yisrael's daughter? Who did Moshe Rabbeinu marry? Tzipayda. Who's Tzipayda? A girl from Midian. So I'm not allowed to marry husband. My whole tribe is not allowed to have relations with Minyani girls. And you married a girl from Midian. What are you any better? Nisalma Mimeno Halacha. Moshe Rabbeinu did not know how to answer this question. Now, quite interesting. What was the issue here? Now, at some, at, at, at some, there's an amazing sicha that Rebbe, where the Rebbe discusses this. What is the issue? Everybody, don't you realize Sipayda converted and became Jewish? How can you compare marrying a non-Jewish girl and marrying a Giyotis? Everybody knows that it's permissible for a Jew to marry a Giyotis. Sipayda is a Giyotis of the highest standard. And this Cosby is ready to have an immoral relation. It's, what are you comparing it to? What's the question? And the Rebbe explains the issue was that Meisha marrying Sipayda, even if Sipayda is the greatest Sadekis, which she was, is still not good. Because Meisha Rabbeinu is a Kayin, not just a Kayin, but Meisha Rabbeinu is a Kayin Golo. Even though Aaron was a Kayan, but for the seven days of Shiva Simei Hamiluim, Moshe was a Kayan. And because Moshe was a Kayan, as a Kayan, he's not allowed to marry a Giyotis. So therefore, even if Tsipoida converts, how do you have a right to marry her? Now, is it or isn't it true that Moshe was a Kayan? We have clearly in the Shiva Simei Hamiluim, in the seven days of dedication, Moshe Rabbeinu was the Kayin. And there's thoughts that maybe he remained a Kayin, even though not to his children, but he has the status of a Kayin indefinitely. So how is Moshe allowed to marry Tzipayda? The simple answer is very simple, that Moshe Rabbeinu married her before Matan Torah. He married her before. Now there's a halacha question. Moshe Rabbeinu married her before is she obligated? Is he allowed to continue to be married to her or not? We have a general question. Um, if a Kayin, a Kayin Gadol, a Kayin marries a Giyotis, is he allowed to remain married to her when he, be, let's say a Kayin marries, a, let's say, is he allowed to remain married to her and later having become a Kayan. In other words, it, today it's very not practical, but in this situation, with Moshe Rabbeinu, he, when he married her, he wasn't a Kayan. And uh, generally, so because Zimri is of the opinion that Moshe Rabbeinu had first a proper halachic marriage with her after Matan Torah. 
And therefore, after Matantayra, Moshe has no right to be married to her, even if he was married to her before, that's all before Matantayra. And it's all totally wrong. Where Zimri's mistake was that um, certain halachas were given earlier. Let's say uh, Avraham Avinu was given the mitzvah of Brismila. Yaakov was given the mitzvah of Gidhanosha. Amram was given the mitzvah of Kiddushin. It says we have a pasuk, Vayelech ish mi base Levi, Vayikaches bas Levi. A man from the house of Levi went and married the daughter of Levi, which refers to the marriage of Amram and Yechever, who became the parents of Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. And over there, Vayikach is the word that's used for Kiddushin, for a proper halakhic marriage. So we see over there that Ambam brings it Lahalokha, that the din of Kiddushin was already given in the days of Amram. It's one of the mitzvahs that was given earlier. We also have in modern mitzvahs given earlier. So even though we generally got the 613 mitzvahs at Matan Torah, some mitzvahs were there earlier, including Kiddushin. And therefore, Moshe is allowed to remain married to Tzipayda. Well, if this is what the answer is, why doesn't Moshe Rabbeinu say it? The problem is that this whole halacha, it's mentioned in Rambam, but these are halachas of Torah Shemal Peh. If Moshe now goes and says these halachas, he won't be believed because he is what's called a legea bedover. He's a concerned party. He's married with her. He's trying to defend his own interest. Therefore, Moshe was silenced. The one who was able to speak up was Pinchas. So this was the issue. So this Zimri was a brilliant guy and he's attacking Moshe Rabbeinu defending all the people of his shevet. So all the Jewish people looked at him that he's a hero. So it says, go kulam bibichiyah. They all started crying. The supporters of Meisha Rabbeinu were crying. Zimri asked Meisha a question. Meisha has no answer and everybody's crying. They are all crying at the opening of Ayomayin. Zimri has asked Meisha a question. He accused Moshe that you're killing people from Shimon and you're guilty of the same sin of marrying a Midianite girl and you're a, a Kayan and a Kayan Godel. Uksiv, it says, Vayar Pinchas ben Elazar, Pinchas ben Elazar saw. Maro, still continuing the Gemara in, in Sanhedrin. What did Pinchas see? Omarav, Ro, Maisev, and Iskar Haloch. Pinchas remembered the Haloch. Omar Loi, Pinchas says to Meish Rabbeinu, Achi Abba, uncle, brother of my father, Lach, Leikach, Limaditani, did you not teach me? Beriditicho me Harsinai. When you came down from Harsinai, you taught us, Habayel Eskusis Kanoin, Pagan Bay, that if you live with a non Jewish woman, you live with a Shikset, the Kanoim are allowed to strike him and kill him. So therefore, the halacha is that right now, Zimri, I should kill him right now. Isn't that the halacha? I just want to confirm. So Meisha Rabbeinu tells him, the one who read the letter, he should be the one to carry it out. Yes, it is the halacha. And if you want to do it, do it. And that's how Rav learns what it means. Vayar. Shmuel says, We cannot look at wisdom when it goes against Hashem. There's a tremendous chil Hashem. 
there's a tremendous desecration of Hashem's name with a guy like Zimri, a low life like Zimri and his uh, supporters insulting and going against Meish Rabbeinu. This is not the time to give COVID. We have to do something drastic. Rashi says, he remembered a Hashem. Intelligence, knowledge is irrelevant against Hashem. If there's going to be a desecration of Hashem's name, you don't give honor to the teacher. And therefore, because normally, why are you giving a halach in front of your teacher? Your Meshach Rabbeinu is there. Let Meshach give the halacha. But Pincha says there's a chil Hashem here. Meish is unable to give the halacha because Meish has been personally challenged. But according to Rav, Pincha has got permission from Meish. According to Shmuel, he didn't wait for permission. The people will see what happened. And from Zimri, they will say, oh, Zimri says, look, it's permissible, guys. Go get Minyani girls. Be like Meish Rabbeinu. He sees a malach destroying these people of Shimon. gets up from the congregation. And he takes a roimach spear. Pinchas first went into the base medrash to ask a question. In the base medrash, Pinchas did not want to come with weapons. As he left the base medrash, he took a weapon. You don't walk into the yeshiva to a rabbi's house to ask a question with, with, with weapons. He went me to Rashi says that was the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin were sitting and judging those people who had served the idol. Again, they were not killing people for living with the non-Jewish women. They were killing people for having served the idols. They made They judged them for the sin of Pa'ir. Another Rashi, he now got up and took the weapon. Earlier, it wasn't in his hand. When he discussed with Meshach Rabbeinu, the weapon was not in his hand. The Gemara continues, he stretched out a Shinina. Rashi says, he separated in his roima, he separated the iron piece from the wood, and he hid it in his garment. He didn't want it to be obvious that he's armed. He's walking, leaning on a stick. He's got the stick, which is the stick of the roima, and he has separated the metal piece from the stick, and he's using the stick as a walking stick. She says, just on the wood, without the iron piece. The iron piece is separated. The iron piece is hidden. He doesn't want anybody to realize that he's there with a weapon to kill. So he's walking with a walking stick and he separated the blade. He comes to the tribe of Shimon and the tribe of Shimon is in this mass demonstration. 24,000 people led by Zimri. Omar, he says, Zimri ben Salu says, Heichon Matsinu shall shift, the Pinchas says, Heichon Matsinu shall shift, they shall levi Godomishal Shimon. Where do you find the tribe of Levi is greater, is greater than Shimon? In other words, 
Why should only Shimon do this? I'm from Levi and we should be involved as well. We want to be with the Minyani girls. I also want to make a public statement. Zimri ben Solo is defending the Jewish people. I want to make the same defense. So everybody thinks the people from Shimon thought that Pinchas is on their side and he's also going to defend them. If they would have known Pinchas was against them, there were 24,000 of them. Pinchas would never have gotten close. He only got close because they thought he was on their side. Omru, they said, He is also entering to sin. And this is wonderful because Pinchas is a nephew of Meshon Abenu. And if we get him on side, wow, we're going to be in a good uh, pol dip diplomatic political position. They said, he The Prushim, the most religious of people like Pinchas, have okayed, have allowed being with non Jewish women. Rashi says, If you guys are going for the Maya of girls, why shouldn't I do it too? You guys are doing a good thing. You're showing, you're making a statement to Meshach Rabbeinu to go with these Maya of girls. Is my shavit greater than yours that I have to be punished? Do I have to be holier than you? It's good for you guys. It's good for me too, Pinchas says. Kivin Shishomu Cain, when they heard this, Amru, they said, let him go into this kuba with a Midiani girl as well. He wants to be like us. They said, there's a permissible. The Prushim have permitted being with non-Jewish women. It's allowed to be done. Pinchas has been like us. That's what the Royim said. That's what they saw when they saw him entering. Rabbi Yochanan goes on to say, Six amazing miracles happened to Pinchas, which will soon see a medrash with 12. But the Gemara has, Rabbi Yochanan says, six miracles happened to Pinchas. One is, When Zimri noticed that Pinchas had a weapon, he should have quickly separated from Cosby, but he didn't. If he would have separated, Pinchas would be not allowed to kill him. Number two, but he should have started screaming. When Zimri saw his life threatened, he should have screamed, but he didn't. There was no one else inside. All the people were outside, and they didn't realize that he's killing him. The third miracle, he got in the male organ of the man and the female organ of the woman so that he should be able to have evidence that they had done an immoral act. Number four, he had them on this roimach, on the spear, and they didn't slip off because he needed to have evidence for everyone that they had sinned. Now, to get them out the door, the door was not high enough to be able to take the roimach, holding two bodies on the roimach. A malach came and lifted up the lintel on top of the door so that he could get out the door holding these two bodies. And miracle number six, as soon as they saw him going out, the people of Shimon, when they saw that Pinchas is coming with these two bodies and there's 24,000 strong guys, they should have right away killed Pinchas. But a Malach came and started destroying them. He made a plague. They started dying like flies. And therefore, none of them, um, none of them were able to stop him. He went and threw these bodies on the ground before Hashem. And he says, I'll for these two people. 24,000 Jewish people have died. 
as it says, twenty-four thousand people died in the plague. That's the meaning of the pasuk. means he It also means he argued. It doesn't say he davened. And which is more judgment, debating. He started arguing with Hashem. Hashem, how could you kill so many Jews for the sin of two people? The Malachim wanted to push away Pinchas, and he told him, Hashem said, leave him. Kanoi ben Kanoi. Pinchas is zealous, and he comes from zealous people. He's Meshif Chema. He removed my anger. He's Ben Meshif Chema. We go on, all the tribes started insulting him. They said, look at this Ben Puti. He's Zaydi Yisrael with stuffed camps for idols. He was an evil guy. And this Pinchas goes and kills a Shevet. Now you say his Zaydi, how Rashi says, because Elozer, the father of Pinchas, had married a daughter of Yisrael. It was uh, Putil. And it says Putil is a Yisrael. Why is he called Putil Yisrael? He had stuffed idols, he stuffed camps for the idol. And we say in Gemara Saita, Putil is Benaishal Yosef, and Putil, Elazar, Pinchas' father, married a daughter of Putil. Pinchas' mother was a descendant of Putil, who's a son of Yosef and from Yisrael. He's called Yosef, is called Putil, because he fought his Yetzer with the story of Petifar's wife. Yisrael is called Putil because he stuffed idol, uh, calves for the idol. Now, which one is Putil? The Gemara says he has two grandfathers. One is from Yosef and one is from Yisrael. If his mother's father is from Yisrael, then his mother's mother is from Yosef. Or the other way, his mother's father is from Yosef. Because he's from two people called Putil. He's a descendant both of Yisrael and of Yosef. So the Torah comes and gives his Yichas, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Hashem says to Moshe, give him an introduction of Sholem, wish of peace. As it says, this atonement which Pinchas has achieved is worthy. It should always continue to atone. We have here similarly a Medish Rabbah from Bamidbar Rabbah, which says that he came after Echashonar. He put them, he got the stab into the tumor, the impurity of both of them, that people shouldn't say there was no impurity. And he was zealous for the name of Hashem. And there were 12 miracles. So unlike the Gemara in Sanhedrin has six miracles, in the Medrash Rabbah Bamidbar, there is 12 miracles. Miracle number one, that naturally they should have separated and the Malach got them stuck to each other. Miracle number two, the Malach closed their mouth. They were unable to scream. Miracle number three, that he got the spear exactly in the right spot that the he, we should be able to see clear the male organ, the female organ, that it will be quite clear that only Zimri and Cosby had done sins, that he hadn't sinned as well. The fourth one is that Hashem had lengthened the length of the spear to be able to stab both of them. Number five, that he had his arm to be strong enough to lift up two adult bodies. 
Number six, that the piece of wood of the spear was strong enough to hold him. Number seven, that the bodies didn't come off the clay Zion. Number eight, that the Malach turned them over, that everybody should see evidence that they had sinned. Number nine, that there was no bleeding so that Pinchas shouldn't get dirty. Number 10, they didn't die as he was carrying them through the camp. They were still alive because Pinchas was a Kayan. And as a Kayan, he shouldn't become Tommy. Hashem just made him a Kayan at that point. So he shouldn't become Tommy. So they were alive through the time that Pinchas was marching through the camp with these two bodies. It was only after he dropped them that they died. Number 11, the Malach lifted up the lintel so that he should be able to walk out holding them hanging for everybody to see. And number 12, when the people of Shevet Shimon went to attack Pinchas, the Malach struck them, they were unable to attack. When Pinchas sees that the people of Shimon want to destroy him, he took the two bodies and threw them on the ground and he started davening and debating with Hashem to save the people of Shimon, which is quite interesting that these people of Shimon are trying to kill him. And he is saying, Hashem, please save these guys who want to murder me. Don't kill them. Now, there is a Gemara in Zvachim, which discusses um, the Gemara Sorry, Rabbi in Zvachim. Gordon, Rabbi yes. Gordon, why did they, why did they have to stay alive on the stick so he shouldn't become Tomei? What's the purpose of that? Okay, the purpose is that Pinchas is a Kayin and a Kayin should not become Tomei from a dead body. Aha, okay. Even though Pinchas became a Kayin now, as we're going to see in the Gemara in Zvachim, even though Pinchas's father, Elazar ben Aaron HaKoyin, was a Kayan, the moment that Aaron and his four sons became Kayan, Pinchas was born already, and he did not become a Kayan together with everybody else. Yeah. Now he says... Uh, but you know, he, they were on the spear, so he wasn't touching them. Um, okay. But if there's a metal organ, a metal vessel, which you, it says, Cherev HaReyukichomo, you haven't parshachukas. Last week we read that somebody who touches the sword that touched that killed the dead body, if you're touching the sword when the sword is in contact with the dead body, you also become tummy. And a kind is not allowed to do that either. Isn't there four levels that you can become tummy? Like you can become Rishon tummy. Yes, and, but in uh, this case, he would become an avatuma. It is clear yeah. a mission in all ways that if there is a metal weapon touching a dead body and you are touching the metal weapon, you become an avatuma, which is prohibited for a kayin. So he'd be rishon? No, he'd be an avatuma. He'd be a rishon, would be okay. No, the dead body is an aviyavais hatuma, and the metal who touches the dead body is also an aviyavais hatuma. As the, to quote the Gemara, it says, <laughs> the sword that killed the dead body has the same status as the dead body itself. And therefore it's aviyavais hatuma, and therefore, Pinchas would become an Avatuma if they are dead. But because they're still alive, so when he touched the sword, the sword hadn't killed them yet. They first died when he threw them down. But it's the weapon. It's still the weapon. It's a weapon. It's the weapon with which you killed them. He has over here a question. There's a whole thing about in, when Nodav and Aviyu died, so there was a problem. There were carbonates that had to be eaten, and all the Kayanim, Arain and Elazar, and Isamar were all sitting Shiva, all Ainin. What's going to happen with the carbonates? So the Gemara asks, What about Pinchas? Pinchas is not sitting Shiva. He's not an Ainin. 
he should be allowed to eat the carbonos. So we say, even though he was alive, he's a son of a he's an adult, but he was not a kain. It says, we will give him a covenant of kahuna. And when does Pinchas become a kain? Only after he killed Zimri, but earlier, at the time of the death of Nadav and Avil, Pinchas could not eat the carbonate when everybody else was oinen and sitting shiva because he was not a kain yet. Ravashi says that he became a kain when he made sholim bein hashvatim, when he made peace between the shvatim. What is the story there? It says, well, first let's read the passing. Just a story over there. Um, no, Rashi doesn't bring it right here, but the story basically is in the days of Yehoshua, and when the Jewish people, the tribes of Reuben, God and half Menashe went back to Eber Ayardin, they built right near the Jordan River, they built the Mizbeach, and Yehoshua got very upset at them, how dare you build the Mizbeach, you're causing trouble, you're making a Mizbeach, there's a Mizbeach in Shinli, and you're not allowed to make korbanis outside, and you're causing terrible habedas, and this could bring punishment on the Jewish people, and he sent Pinchas to lead a whole army to deal with these two and a half tribes. Pinchas comes to them, and before he fights them, he gives them a hearing, and they say that we didn't bring the, make this mizbeah for korbanis, but we made it because we're going to go to Transjordan. This is the tribes of Ruvain, God, and half Menashe. We're going to be living in Transjordan. And one day the Jews in Israel are going to say that we're second-rate citizens. So we have this Mizbeach that we built as a testimony that we are proper Jews and have the same share in Israel as everybody else. Now, Pinchas decided to accept their explanation, and this prevented a civil war. There were two choices, accept their explanation or not. Pinchas decided to accept it, and Pinchas prevented a civil war. And in the merit of Pinchas preventing the civil war, Pinchas became a Kayin and even a Kayin Gadol. He says in Rashi brings, and we should have a Rashi right here on it. He became a Kayin, some Sholem, when he made Sholem between the Shmatim. His children now have the quality of Kayin, to be Kayinim Gedalim, that we only Kayinim Gedalim from Pinchas. The Kayinim Gedalim from now onward would be from Pinchas. Later, however, we're going to find that Pinchas sinned and lost the Kahuna Gedayla. When did Pinchas sin? Maybe I'm going to leave a Medrash and go on to where Pinchas sins and loses. We should skip quite a bit. Where Pinchas sins and loses the Kuna Gedayla. There's a Pasuk Shmuel Aleph, Perek Beis, Pasuk Lamed where it says, this is after, by the sin of the sons of Eli. It says, Hashem says to Eli HaKoyin, through Elkanah, I said, I had wanted your family of Eli HaKoyin to be Koyinim forever, and now, it's unholy for me, because those who honor me, I will honor, and those who assault me will be treating lightly. Rashi says, there's a Rashi, Shnei Pomim, Pasakti Gedula Isomer. Eli HaKoyin is the descendant of Isomer. Twice I promised greatness to the sons of Isomer by the Bnei Gershon and Bnei Merari. It says that Isomer Benarin HaKoyin, 
and Eili comes from Isomer, that's Rashi says from Medr Shmuel. Then Rashi says, I have a better pshat, which is the one that's relevant to Pinchas. Omar Amarti Beis says, Originally, I gave the Kuhuna Gedoyla to Lazar Akayim. As it says, take Ari off his big Dekuna and give it to Elazar. However, Pinchas lost the Kuhuna Gedoyla. When did Pinchas lose being Kayingono? Will be May Pinlegesh in the story of Pinlegesh Begiva, which was a terrible sin that most of the Jewish people were involved in. Shepokru Yisrael Beroiv Hamitzvah. The Jews in the days of Pilagish Begiva went against most of the mitzvahs. Umi Goram Lahem, who caused these Jewish people to go against the mitzvahs? Pinchas Vikayaitse by Pinchas. Now that's amazing. Pinchas caused the Jewish people to sin. Pinchas is the greatest tzaddik. How can you say that Pinchas caused the Jewish people to sin? So he says, why? Pinchas was running this yeshiva and was teaching Torah. He should have taken his students sent them all on shlichas from one city to the other, and to rebuke and improve the Jewish people. Pinchas instead, he taught Torah to who? To the one who wanted to learn. But all these Jews who want to sin, sin gesund to he didn't mix in. And because of this, Pinchas lost his kahuna g'dayla. Natalti ha-kahuna g'dayla mayhem. I took the kahuna g'dayla away from them. Unesatiya l'cha, I gave it to you, to Eili, because you are from the descendants of Isomer. So originally the Kuna should have been with Pinchas's family. Then when Pinchas did not show leadership by sending Shluchim to improve the Jewish people in the days of Pilagish Begiva, the Kuna Gedayla was taken away from the family of Pinchas and given to the family of Isamar to Eili. The Amarti and I had said, Eili could have had the Kuna Gedayla in his family forever. When you promise a person greatness, you give it to him and his generations indefinitely. When Eli's son sinned, the Kuna went back to Tzadik HaKain, goes back to a descendant of Pinchas. So just to summarize, according to this Rashi, Pinchas became the Kayin Gadol when he stopped the civil war, became a Kayin when he killed Zimri ben Salu. He became a Kayin Gadol when he prevented a civil war. He lost the Kahuna Gedailo when he didn't send Shluchim to improve the Jewish people. <coughs> now, one more thing. Pinchas had been a Novi for many years, and then Pinchas lost Ruach HaKadosh uh, for two, which should be mentioned in the Medrash Kehelis, that <coughs> Pinchas lost Ruach HaKadosh for 200 years. Why did Pinchas lose Ruach HaKadosh? Let me see if I can find that quickly. Here, Nistalko Shana. Pinchas lived many years, but for 200 years he lost his prophecy. Why did Pinchas? We're running late. I don't want to do it inside. If anybody wants, I have copies of the Midrashim here I can send you. But uh, why did Pinchas for 200 years lost prophecy in the days of Yiftach? Now, Yiftach had made a foolish vow. He said that he's going to. If, if he wins the war, the one who comes out of his house first will be, be making a karma. He bring, bring the Medrash Kehelis, probably the shorter one. Amal haksilim tiyagenu, the toil of the fools tire him. That's a Talmud Shayim ibn Mishnasa, a Talmud who remains with his opinion. He doesn't know how to go to the city. He doesn't know how to go to his teacher to revise. He should learn. Yiptach made a foolish vow. He didn't learn the halacha. 
He says over here, Amalek Silam Tiagenu is Yiftach, that he didn't know to go to Pinchas. Pinchas would have removed his vow. But Yiftach said, I am Yiftach, I am the Reish Vikot in Israel. I'm the leader of the Jewish people. I'm going to go to Pinchas. I'm the Shaifet. You made a stupid vow. Your daughter's life is at stake. No, I'm not going to go to Pinchas. Pinchas says, they tell Pinchas, Pinchas, Yiftach made a stupid vow. Go and help him. Pinchas says, I'm a Kayingolo ben Kayingolo. Am I going to go to an Amoritz? From between the two of them, this poor girl died. The Medrash, the commentaries on the Medrash say that it's a parable. There's a midwife and a lady just had a baby. And there's a crisis with the baby. And the midwife says, there's a medical crisis. The lady who just gave birth should come and see me. The lady says, there's a crisis. The midwife should come and deal with it. The midwife doesn't go to the lady. The lady doesn't go to the midwife and the baby dies. And between the two of them, the two foolish people who weren't ready to take action, the baby died. And both of them are responsible because if the other person, regardless of who should go to the other one, take responsibility. Now Yiftach didn't go to Pinchas. Pinchas didn't go to Yiftach. Yiftach was the more wrong of the two because he made the stupid decision. So he should have taken responsibility. So he lost Aver of Aver of Nikbar. He lost his limbs fell off one at a time and his limbs, he was buried, it says by Gilad. he was buried in the cities of Gilad in many places because his hand was buried in one place, the other hand in another place. And he lost Aver of Aver and Nikbar and Pinchas lost his Ruach HaKadosh for 200 years. Just to mention, just before we stop, it's running very late, but just one more Medrash on the same thing about here he brings what should have been this is the same medrash, much greater length they have over here. What should have been? What would have been if Yiftach would have gone to Pinchas? Rabbi Yechonon said that Pinchas would have said, "You don't even need Hataras Nedarim. It's only Hekdish Domim. You made your, you made a vow that whoever comes out first from your house is going to be a carbon, and your daughter came out first. Would have to work out." See what is the retail value if you would sell her on the slave market and give that much money for carbonis. That's what Rabbi Yechelen says. Reish Lakish said, you wouldn't have to give anything at all. Because if a person says about a behemoth and a behemoth, so whatever the halacha would have been, maybe they would have said you need a Torah Sadan, and maybe they would have said you need to pay some money. Maybe they would have said nothing, but whatever it is, they wouldn't have made a major crisis, but Yiftach was so stubborn and he didn't want to go to Pinchas and Pinchas was all stubborn and didn't go to Yiftach. And because of this, and this caused Pinchas to lose his Ruach HaKadosh for 200 years. Just to mention that it says that Pinchas is a Pinchas is a Leo, which we said that he married the Nisham of Leo. Just to end on a positive note, it says that Rashi brings that five times it says a is written five times, only Yohanovi without a Vov, and Yaakov is mentioned five times with a Vov, and Rashi brings that Yaakov took the Vov of only Yohanovi's name as a mashkin, as a security to guarantee that only will go and be Mavasar the Geula to tell us that Moshiach is coming. So 
we have this guarantee. So that's why Elio is written five times without above and Yaakov with above. And the Yikud is Elio should come and be Mavasar and tell us the Geula, Hamitis Vashlema, speedily in our days. I'm just 